I'm particularly glad to be starting uh, Romans chapter 5 with you uh, uh, today because um, I'm really troubled for one of my sons who's going through an enormous amount of trials and tribulations, and I I feel really quite helpless. Um, At the same time, I feel that I want to help him, but I don't know how to, and I feel that if I did give help of some kind or other, it would uh, trouble things all the more. And um, plus, you know, as a parent, I feel guilty that so much of his troubles are caused by my poor parenting or my troubles earlier on in his life. And so when it comes to um, the realities of this world or the delusions of this world, whichever you want to call it, um, to know Romans 1, 5 verse 1, is simply marvelous. Um, Let's go into it right away. Therefore, having been justified by faith, by the way, thank you if you would like to pray for my son, I appreciate that. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I'm sure your life, and certainly as you've just heard, my life doesn't feel very peaceful at the moment. And uh, one might say, well, I don't get that. If we don't have peace, then surely we're not justified uh, by faith. Uh, If we don't have peace, then we're not being blessed. And you look at all your troubles and everything that's going on around you and you say, this this can't be right. Uh, this is not uh, what the Christian life is supposed to be. I'm supposed to uh, rise above all these troubles and uh, uh, not even have them uh, because a new life has come into me and a new way of living. And therefore, that should uh, bring more harmony into my life. Well, you're right. It should and may do at times and uh, on a occasions and perhaps for long periods of time. But there are those times when everything seems to fall apart, when nothing seems to work, when all of our um, uh, original troubles before we were Christians uh, come to uh, uh, home to roost, as it were, and uh, we realize we're uh, still uh, suffering the consequences of them, even though we're no longer judged by them. So, What about this verse, then, in reference to that? Well, first of all, Paul says, therefore. And you remember my telling you, you always want to ask yourself, what is the therefore there for? Well, he has previously been teaching, hasn't he, that Abraham was called by God out of God's sheer love and grace and mercy to him and for him. And uh, that this uh, faith that he was given was a gift of God, that he was justified, declared innocent, without any works to his credit whatsoever. That's the goodness of God. And he says, Paul says, uh, these things about Abraham, the account of Abraham, were written not just for him, but for us. Uh, it was in, it shall be imputed that is righteousness shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead so just as Abraham was counted as a righteous man when he was not so God does the same for us and that's why he puts the therefore there for 
therefore having been justified by faith declared innocent that is the word the meaning of the word justified it's a it's a law term a forensic term it's as if we were in the judgment and court of god and god has declared us innocent now how in the world can he declare you and me innocent when we are surrounded by the consequences of our sins and our woundedness and brokenness as human beings how can he do that Well, it says we are declared innocent by faith. Now, of course, you say, well, there's the problem because I have such a hard time believing, Colin. But let me remind you, as I have often, that this is a shorthand. It's what we call grammatically an ellipsis. It's not that we're justified by faith, but justified by Jesus in whom we have faith. That was made very, very clear earlier on in chapter 3. You remember? The righteousness of God is revealed. What is that righteousness? Even the faithfulness of Jesus to all and on all who believe. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace. You see, justified not by faith, but freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, which we receive by faith. That's the meaning of this ellipsis here then. So it's so important not to look to your faith and to say, well, do I have faith enough If I had faith enough, these things wouldn't be happening and all that recrimination we give ourselves. No, we don't look to our faith. We look to Jesus in whom we have faith. We don't say, is my faith good enough? We say, is Jesus good enough in whom I have faith? So when you're struggling with troubles in your family or troubles in your own heart and troubles with your temptations and your addictions and defeats, You don't look to your faith and say, do I have faith enough? But you look to Jesus, and you look to him and you say, Lord Jesus, are you enough for me in this circumstance? And of course you know the answer to that. Yes, you are, Jesus, you are enough. Therefore, having been justified by faith, justified by Jesus in whom we have faith. Remember, his death was took place on our behalf. It was a judgment. He took the judgment of all human beings. God among men took the judgment of all human beings upon himself. He took his own judgment of wrath against sin upon himself, and he allowed Satan to buffet him and destroy him. And he rose from the dead because there was no sin in him. And so, you see, our judgment has already taken place in the person of Jesus. So we have peace. But you say, Colin, that's the whole point. I don't have peace. And I understand you because I have had a restless night and uh, worried about my son and troubled for him and praying for him. And, you know, I'll tell you this. You can argue with yourself or you can argue with God. If you argue with yourself, you'll get nowhere. You will be endlessly fretting and troubled. 
and you will never come to peace. But if you argue with God, God, you you promised me that you would take care of my son. You promised me. Uh, I, I committed my son and my wife and I, my ex-wife and I, uh, committed our son to you um, in that dedication some weeks after he was born. Dear Lord God, therefore, Father, be faithful and come through for him. Lord, I feel I can't do anything, but you can do everything for him. Guide him through this darkness until you um, bring him into the light. Lord God, do this because you are our faithful God. Do you see, you can't, you mustn't argue with yourself. That's a lonely business and it gets you nowhere. But to argue with God, oh, there's faith in that. There is assurance in that. You finally win through and can become confident and say, okay, Lord, I believe you. Now then, you see, it says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. And this is what I want to say to you about this. The peace that we have with God is not necessarily peace that is in our hearts, because as I've just described to you, certainly I don't have peace within my heart at this moment. But I have peace with God through, listen to this, our Lord Jesus Christ. It's not through my heart that this peace comes. It's not in my heart that this peace comes. It is through Jesus Christ, and it is a peace covenant, a peace pact established between Christ, the Son representing us, the Son of Man. It is the, a peace pact established between him on our behalf and God. And so we're not talking about internal peace in our heart necessarily, but a peace pact established between us and God. I know I am not innocent. I know I am guilty. I know that I do not, have not been able to put my life together right for the sake of my sons. I know that. And it burdens my heart terribly many, many times. And I have to come before God and, f and argue with him, not with myself. Lord God, I thank you for the peace that I have, and I pray that that peace may also be uh, resting upon my son, because I cannot produce that peace for him. He cannot produce it for him. But you have produced it in your son, Jesus Christ. This is what this is the truth you see of the gospel. Now you see, let's go a little bit broader and say what is Romans 5, 6, 7 and 8 all about then? Well, you see Romans 2, well, Romans 1 and 2 have talked about the terrible mess humanity is in, the brokenness, the sin, the power of sin and death upon the human race. There is no hope for the human race in itself. It is on a death march. It is on a fall. It is a, a, a journey of folly. But God has broken in through his son, Jesus Christ, and produced a righteousness, not by works, not by man's performance, not by law, not by religion, but by the appearance in this world of God himself as a human being on our behalf, taking the burden of our sins upon the cross. So that that's, comes right up to chapter 3, and then Paul demonstrates how true this is based upon the Scripture that existed in those days. They had no New Testament Scripture at that point, but the Old Testament Scripture, and he brings forth the great example of 
Abraham, how Abraham was saved by God by faith alone, without any works to his credit. And then, now this is the then that I'm talking about in regard to Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8, come these chapters that describe what the life of faith is all about. Now that we are justified, declared innocent by faith, then what is it all about? And it's a wonderful description, chapters 5, 6, 7, and 8, of God's tender care for us and relieving the burden of our guilt and shame by putting it upon himself in the person of his Son. Actually, Romans 5 is a description of freedom from wrath, the wrath of God. Remember, wrath is motivated by love, but it is still a judgment, but it is taken now upon himself in the person of his Son, so that we have peace. We don't have it in our hearts necessarily until we, by faith, keep affirming it and claiming it before God. Father in heaven, though I have sinned, though I have wronged, though my sons are, or daughters or family are experiencing the consequences of my sins, I praise you and thank you that I and they have peace before you in the person of Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ. So you see, this is where Jesus becomes so wonderfully relevant to us because he is our Savior, he is our righteousness, and as we look to him, we affirm, Father, I thank you for the peace. And as we praise for that peace, we begin to experience it in our heart. Thank you for listening today. Colin Cook here. And if you would like to help the program to keep going, it's now in its 26th year and it is listener-supported radio. Please send a donation, would you, to help out. It's a small ministry, but a very long-lasting one. And you can send your donation to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. Or you can make your donation online at faithquestradio.com. So the mailing address is FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160, or online at faithquestradio.com. Thank you so much. I'll see you next time. Cheerio and God bless.